Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern company. The data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. Hello, world. This is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. Happy New Year. It is now 2024. This is the first episode to go up in 2024, and that's very exciting. Uh, one of my uh, dreams and goals, well, I, I guess I can't really call it, one of my dreams for 2024 is to normalize the use of uh, Microsoft Teams on mobile devices for meetings and calls. Hear me out. Um, <laughs> we're in a world where not everyone is uh, tethered to a desk 24-7, especially if you are a, a business rep or salesperson um, or you work remotely or that sort of thing. And uh, it can be, it's, I don't know about you, but I go through a whole ritual of preparation if I have a Teams meeting that I'm going to be on video for. That might be because I'm a little introverted. I don't know. Um, but it would be so much simpler if I if it was if I found it more acceptable to just open up Teams on my phone, throw my AirPods in, and uh, join the call and just talk that way. And uh, <laughs> I guess Microsoft agrees with me because they have just detailed a whole slew of improvements for uh, teams on mobile devices, uh, specifically to help ease the pain of joining meetings and stuff like that on mobile devices. Uh, so currently, um, this is whether you're using it on a mobile device or not, when you when there's a meeting to join or an, an a call actively going and you go to join it, uh, you uh, you see the call in the calendar or you click the link and there's a quick screen to set up, say, your uh, microphone and check your video and then you hit join and then you're thrown right into it in the middle of someone's conversation if they're already talking or maybe show up early and there's another coworker and now you have to do a little bit of small talk before the actual meeting starts, which again, introvert. So I'm terrible at that and I don't really enjoy it. So, uh, now, um, you can, <laughs> uh, the, okay. So I guess not now it's a, within the next few months. Um, Microsoft wants teams to be easier on the mobile app and there's, they've scheduled out a rollout starting this month that includes, uh, when you open up the meeting on a smartphone, some of those steps are removed. Uh, it's actually way easier to get into it. Um, and then also you'll see the status of the meeting, who's already in that meeting. So you can, if you're like me and you uh, don't want to do the small talk, you can wait to join until the person who started the meeting or is in charge of the meeting joins or everyone else is on. Uh, <laughs> or... Um, you can see if the call is being recorded, and if you don't want your face recorded, then you can just join with audio, uh, that that kind of thing. So uh, it's easier to join. There's less steps, and then you also get some insights to what's already going on before you join. Uh, so uh, this is all slated to start rolling out this month. Um, some of us, well, I, I, I don't see it yet on my personal teams, but uh, you could be seeing it coming soon. Again, it's only the first week of January, but uh, yeah, pretty cool. Don't be afraid of teams. It can be your best friend. So uh, bear with me. 
But uh, a couple weeks before Christmas, I'm going through some news articles, preparing for uh, some a podcast episode, and also just generally doing my job and keeping up to date with tech news. And uh, found this an announcement from the Wi-Fi Alliance that Wi-Fi Seven is set to be fully certified by the end of first quarter 2024, which blew my mind. And I'm sure a lot of you are listening, going, "Okay, that's cool. What?" Um, so <laughs> a few things. Uh, the Wi-Fi Alliance is a nonprofit uh, in America that's um, been around since I think 1999, and they they certify Wi-Fi products and help keep a standard for how Wi-Fi works, so that we can expect all our devices to work the same everywhere, which is really great, and uh, uh, we appreciate them for that. Uh, they started this naming convention of Wi-Fi and then number. Um, a while ago, uh, I don't remember the exact time, but you'd probably think of it around the time of Wi-Fi 5, I think. Uh, most of our devices nowadays are using Wi-Fi 6, but that was fully certified in 2019. So that's the reason most of our devices are using it. It's because that makes it you know, about four years old. Um, oh, shoot. It's 2024. Five years old. <laughs> um, and uh, it's... We, you don't really see Wi-Fi technology advanced rapidly because it is already pretty good at doing what it's supposed to do. Wi-Fi 7 has been kind of like on a table, not certified, having some pre-certification uh, specs that other companies are like embracing, uh, which is really awesome. Here's the deal. Uh, it is one of the first times where a Wi-Fi uh, um, certification like no, numerical certification has been this huge of advancements. Uh, we're talking uh, <laughs> total wireless connection speed of 40 gigabits per second. Uh, my producer just turned around in his chair with his jaw on the floor <laughs> looking at me. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Um, in order to get that kind of connection through a wire to, to your computer, you have to use a specialized cable. Uh, and that cable... Uh, depending on the type of cable it is if it's a, if it's a networking cable it's uh it's optical and it only does 10 gigabits per second anyway um and then there are a few other like thunderbolt high-end thunderbolt cables that can do up to 40 gigabits we're talking wirelessly transmitting data at the same rates that quality expensive cables can and that is super super exciting um so we're seeing a uh improvement's what's the number here it's it's something like a overall 4.8 percent improvement over wi-fi 6 um based off of uh what bands it's currently being it's currently using uh it's using some other fancy technologies to allow collect connections to start sooner or start faster so that 40 gigabits per second is for a connection that's already established there's other things that allow connections to establish faster too which is super awesome um and Wi-Fi 6E incorporated a new bands that we um that's we haven't used for very much at all uh and it's the 6 giga uh, sorry 6 yeah 6 gigahertz band um most of the time we're used to seeing a 2.4 and a 5 gigahertz band uh so now there's a 6 gigahertz band with 6E which was a temporary certification and now 7 is fully embracing it and can use multiple bands at once to achieve these speeds it's kind of huge now do you need it? Probably not. Most of you are not getting internet connections that are fa that fast. Most of you are not 
needing to transfer that much data that quickly. Uh, so do you need to go out and update your router right now to something that supports Wi-Fi 7? Probably not. I'm going to be honest. I bought a new cell phone just this last year, and it doesn't even have Wi-Fi 7 on it. So that's the thing. In order to really take advantage of this, you need two devices, the receiver and transceiver, that are using the same technology. Can you benefit from, from it? Maybe. Will you right now? Probably not. Now, that being said, Wi-Fi 6 came out in 2019. Chances are you are using a device even older than that for a router. Now would be a good time to upgrade. Get that Wi-Fi 7 router if you're using something that's extremely old. Use that uh, as a chance to catch up and to have the latest, greatest technology. And that way, when you do get those devices that are using Wi-Fi 7, you'll be able to use those devices to their fullest capabilities. Now, another thing that this is super exciting for are individual device-to-device -device connections like... Uh, um, if you've seen the, the, the latest Meta Quest uh, and its use in the office that they're really pushing, like it's augmented reality where you can have windows floating in front of your face using these goggles, that achieving high quality connections but not having to keep a wire dangling from it would be incredible. Uh, there's a few people for this like mixed reality uh, kind of thing. They, they think Apple for their Vision Pro is planning on using Wi-Fi 7 and that's why it hasn't released yet, um, or at least fully. Uh, and the cheaper version that they should be announcing soon hasn't really touched the waters yet. Uh, and that's probably because they were waiting for the full certification of Wi-Fi 7 so they can brag about it using Wi-Fi 7 for incredible connections over wireless technologies. So, yeah, super, super exciting. If you need to upgrade your router in your office today, get in touch with your friendly neighborhood IT provider. If you're in the Northwest Ohio area, that could be me. Give us a call. So you've heard me talk about fishing before, and if you haven't, um, real quick, basics of phishing. Phishing is a type of social engineering attack that people use to deceive others into revealing or handing over sensitive information, like your usernames, passwords, and other sorts of things, and it can even be used to install malicious software. Okay, that's the quick version. Um, really, it is something that if you are an employer, all of your employees should be trained on on a regular basis, and I, I'm, I'm talking minimum every three months uh, training on how to identify phishing attacks. No, I hate to break it to you, but there's a new one that the uh, the FTC is um, warning everyone that they're seeing many, many more cases of, uh, and that is phishing using QR codes. Now, I didn't name it. I hate the name. I hate the way it sounds. So bear with me. But the FTC is calling it quishing. Phishing with QR codes. QR phishing. We're going to call it QR phishing. I hate that name. That is awful. Who thought of that? It's a bad thing. It should sound bad, but oh my goodness. Okay. So QR phishing, uh, what is it? Uh, essentially, the way QR codes work is uh, the, a camera on your device scans a QR code and translates the arrangement of, of uh, the grid or dots in a QR code into a URL. Now, if that URL goes somewhere where uh, there might be a download link, uh, like you see at restaurants sometimes to download their menu instead of hosting it on their website. Um, that URL could instead host a virus, uh, malware, uh, something to allow someone into your device. Uh, we also see QR codes in places where you pay for parking. And the FTC actually said they did see reports of scammers covering up those codes with their own codes 
to then in, in which they have a their own scam website for people to punch in their credit card information to pay for parking and they're paying the scammer instead so then you get the parking ticket and you've given your money to a scammer these are things that you really need to be careful for um so uh, <laughs> my notes say why is this a problem i think you can probably see why this is a problem qr codes are fantastic they make uh, engagement with uh, digital media super easy when you're when you are someone who's trying to share something uh, with the world or uh, trying to market. I mean, they they have so many uses, right? We already mentioned paying for parking, restaurants for their menus, um, companies ship products with QR codes with how to videos attached to them. Uh, so it's becoming a regular thing, and we just kind of accept them. Right, we see the QR code. Oh, cool QR code, and we scan it. Now, if this is where it's a problem, if you scan the QR code and it's got a malicious URL, you're already done. That's you, you've fallen victim. Um, chances are there's already something attached to that URL that's then downloaded to your downloaded to your device. And this is whether you're using a computer or a cell phone or a tablet uh, that can then allow that criminal to access uh, your your data uh, and that data could, especially if it's your phone could include passwords and emails to important accounts like your bank account, or even just your credit card information, your debit card information, that kind of thing. So how can you, how can you uh, fight this? Well, first and foremost, you should be using a QR code reader built into your device. That being said, in most cases, and I'm talking 99% of cases, it's your default camera app. Stick to that. That is the best way to scan QR codes. Now, the the reason for that being is those are guaranteed to show you a bit of the URL before you, you tap it to move on. Okay, so if the URL doesn't have the domain, we've talked about the domain before, that's the, the main chunk of the address that you remember, google.com, Google is the domain. Uh, if it doesn't have the URL, a domain that matches the company that's supplying the QR code, whether it's ParkSmart for your parking or um, the Netgear device you just ordered. It doesn't have a Netgear domain. Don't touch it. Don't tap it. Don't scan it. Don't don't click that thing. Right. Um, secondly, because sometimes we use uh, third-party services to create these QR codes so we can track people who click them, they will use tracking links that don't use domains. So that's not a surefire way to ensure that it is a, a um, authorized uh, QR code, excuse me. So the second thing you want to do is contact uh, whoever is supposed to be supplying that QR code. If it's the product you just got, got from, in my example, Netgear, call Netgear, um, or whoever sold you the device. Uh, if it's a restaurant, ask the waitress if this is the QR code you're supposed to be using. Um, if it's a parking meter, there's going to be a phone number you can call somewhere. They're required by law to include that. So uh, reach out to whoever you're supposed to be receiving this, who, whoever you received this QR code from supposedly, and make sure that that is the authorized way to access whatever thing you're supposed to be accessing with that QR code. Lastly, tell all of your and uh, employees about this so that they're aware when they're going out doing other work things, when they're scanning things on their work devices and that sort of thing, that you are not losing precious company data because someone scanned a QR code that in all likelihood, they probably would have been fine scanning most of the time. But in this one case, someone slapped a sticker over top of it with the false QR code. 
uh, and of course, uh, update all of your de- devices. If you uh, are a company and you deploy devices to your employees for use, like company phones, use uh, your IT service provider or your IT team, Have make sure that those are all updated to the latest versions, latest OSs, because they're going to cover some of the things that QR... <laughs> QR phishing <laughs> uh, strategies could uh, attempt to do to take over your device. So um, make sure people are aware of it. Make sure you stay up to date. And um, yeah, the big thing, just be mindful. Don't just scan willy-nilly. Quishing is an awful word. Well, there you have it. If you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you have questions you'd like answered in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soltech.solutions. Again, questions at S-O-U-L-T-E-C dot solutions. And until then, thank you for listening. This is Patrick, logging out.